Tinakwea, no my honey my. My name is Will Appleby, and you're listening to Animal Matters. Fishers are the forgotten victims of factory farming. So this week, I'll be chatting with Safe Campaigns manager Anna DeRoe about the salmon farming industry and how these animals are so neglected. Greyhound racing is of course back on the agenda, and the government recently released its first emissions reduction plan. While the plan has some favourable initiatives to address emissions from transport and energy, agriculture largely gets a free pass. Animal Matters is brought to you by Safe for Animals. We release new episodes every fortnight, so make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify or whatever your favourite podcast platform is. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at safe.org.nz forward slash animal matters. Back in March, you may recall a Greyhound Race replay video was edited before being uploaded to Greyhound Racing New Zealand's website. The edit was to remove images of a dog that fell during a race and suffered a compound fracture. SAFE criticised this move at the time because it was seen as an industry cover-up and demonstrated a lack of transparency. We've now had a second such example. Earlier this month, a greyhound fell during a race at Addington Raceway in Christchurch and suffered a compound fracture. The dog had to be euthanised and the fall was edited out of the race replay video. This time around though, the industry passed the buck to the TAB. In a statement, Greyhound Racing New Zealand said that they don't edit race replay videos and it's the TAB who makes those edits. It went on to say that the TAB and their broadcasting arm Trackside has a long-standing policy around falls and injuries sustained in a race. It says that the overriding reasons for removing replays of a fall is to ease the distress on the connections of the horse or greyhound or the family of an injured driver or jockey. This wasn't mentioned back in March though, when SAFE first noticed that a race replay video had been edited to remove a fall. And that was the first time SAFE had noticed edits of this nature. Furthermore, the TAB's policy states that when requested by a racing code, for example Greyhound Racing New Zealand, they will edit a fall out of a post-race replay video. And that's what appears to have happened. In a statement to Stuff, the owner of the dog said that they made a request to Greyhound Racing New Zealand that the fall be removed from the post-race replay video, saying that the footage was distressing to his family. One has to wonder though if an injury or death of a greyhound is so distressing to the greyhound's owner, why would they race them in the first place? I mean, none of this is surprising. Two reviews into the greyhound racing industry have both stated that racing is inherently dangerous. And I don't want to see greyhounds fall during races. I don't want to see any dogs harmed. But these injuries are a direct result of racing. And that's the point that we're making. Earlier this month, News Hub revealed that the Racing Integrity Board was making inquiries with one of the industry's most prominent greyhound trainers. NewsHub found that eight of John McInerney's dogs had presented to a rehoming kennel with various animal welfare problems, including blindness, open wounds, bite marks, injuries that were old and left untreated, 
lacerations and severe worms. NewsHub had also found that McInerney had been charged by the RIB for failing to provide proper care for another dog, Homebush Hero. Last week, the RIB found that that charge was proved after they found that McInerney had raced Homebush Hero when he was suffering from an infected tail that had exposed bone. Many questions remain unanswered in regards to this trainer, and there are significant concerns still outstanding about the conditions of McInerney's kennels and the treatment of the dogs in his care. When most people think of factory farming, they're likely to think of pigs and farrowing crates, or chickens crammed in colony cages. The chickens bred for their meat spend their short lives in a crowded shed, standing in their own excrement. And while many cows spend most of their time grazing on green pasture, Aotearoa also has several feedlots where cattle are forced to eat grain on barren land. And cows standing in mud is a common sight during winter as a result of intensive winter grazing. Fishers, though, are the forgotten victims of factory farming. Every year, Aotearoa raises hundreds of thousands of fish in underwater cages. This is also factory farming, and these fishes are neglected. SAFE is campaigning to end fish farming in Aotearoa and calling on the National Animal Welfare Advisory Committee to create a code of welfare for farmed fishers. I talked to SAFE campaign's manager Anna DeRoe about these forgotten victims. Anna, thank you so much for joining me today to chat about fishes. It's lovely to have you on the show. To start with, can you tell us a little bit about fish farming in Aotearoa and what are the conditions like? Yeah, sure. So uh, there are millions of salmon being farmed around Aotearoa. The farming is very intensive style. It's factory farming. The salmon are kept in barren underwater cages and the sea cages are uh, these large net-like structures that sit under the water. Uh, To give you some sense of things, in a single sea cage, tens of thousands of salmon are crammed into a space that equates to only a bathtub's worth of water each. And so the salmon are forced to swim endlessly in circles until they're slaughtered at around 13 to 18 months of age, which is a fraction of their natural lifespan, which could be four to five years or or even longer than that. They're they're overcrowded, there's nothing for them to do, and often studies show that they have very high levels of cortisol and that they're very stressed. Now, there have been some staggering mortality statistics that have come out of the industry recently. Can you tell us about those and, and what might be causing those high rates of mortality? Yes, so in their last financial year, New Zealand King Salmon, who is New Zealand's largest producer of salmon, reported a 42% mortality rate in warm water areas and a 37% mortality rate for for salmon sea cages that they towed to cooler waters. Uh, So that's an absolutely horrifying death rate and it's an animal welfare disaster. Um, In terms of what's causing it, uh, there's several things going into it. Um, there, there is like the fact that the salmon are trapped in these cages. They can't escape. So when the water gets too, too warm, there's nowhere for them to go. Um, there's also overcrowding is contributing to this mortality rate, disease, inability to escape danger, predators. Um, yeah, there, there's a range of things that are happening um, and it's all quite problematic for salmon welfare. Now, fishers, they don't have a code of welfare, which is... Actually, a little bit uncommon, right? Sheep and cows and chickens, they have all a code of welfare, but fishers don't. Why is this important? 
Yeah, that's right. So um, fishers are one of the very few animals without a code of welfare. Uh, so fishers are acknowledged and protected under the Animal Welfare Act. But what a code of welfare would do would translate some of the principles that are in the Animal Welfare Act into sort of more concrete policies that the industry could actually use. Um, and without that kind of information, often people in the industry basically kind of make up their own rules, which is leading to this mass suffering of salmon in in these sea cages. Right. Okay. So a code of welfare, it's its only really one step though, isn't it? What we perhaps should be looking at is perhaps a ban on fish farming. Can you tell us why we should be banning fish farming? Yeah. So salmon living in these conditions in sea cages is nothing like how they would live out in the wild or naturally. Um, and I don't think there's any way you could reasonably meet salmon welfare while they're held in those conditions. Uh, so I do think that there needs to be an outright ban. Uh, and it's not impossible in Argentina last year, they banned fish farming. Um, and that was the legislators unanimously voted in that. And it was uh, on the back of months of locals complaining, NGOs arguing about the environmental impact, and even uh, neighbouring Chilean residents complaining about the, the fish farms. So for anyone listening who, who wants to support SAFE's campaign for the forgotten victims of factory farming, what can they do to help? Yeah, so we have um, several things that you could do. Um, the first thing would be to write to the National Animal Welfare Advisory Committee uh, asking urgently for a code of welfare for farmed fishes. And we've made that easy. If you go to the SAFE website and you click on the fishes page, it'll lead you to a form and we've got some suggestions of what you might say. Or you can take one of the pre-written emails and just send it directly to the National Animal Welfare Advisory Committee. We also, if you would send a letter to the Minister of Fisheries, that would help as well. And if you if you sign up to our campaign, you'll get all, all news from us and updates and further actions you can take on this front. Two weeks ago, the government released its first emissions reduction plan. It's lacklustre at best, and that seems to be the general consensus from a lot of climate activists. Transport and energy will be doing a lot of the heavy lifting to reduce emissions in the short term. But agriculture essentially gets a free pass. No immediate actions that would reduce emissions on farms in the short term. Instead, the government will pour $340 million into researching unproven technology like methane inhibitors. They're basically hoping for some sort of miracle cure for methane emissions. To make matters worse, the research will be paid for from the emissions trading scheme, and agriculture are yet to pay for any of their methane emissions. The rest of us are subsidising agriculture, and in the short term, they're not expected to do anything. It's a tough pill to swallow. Instead of being included in the emissions trading scheme right now, the agriculture industry has embarked on Hiwaka Ekinoa, an alternative plan to price emissions from farms. But many are sceptical about how effective these proposals will be. And some agriculture groups like Groundswell don't want to pay for any of their emissions. Unlike other countries, the government is unwilling to transition out of big dirty dairy and livestock farming. Agriculture Minister Damien O'Connor even said in an RNZ interview that he's not interested in reducing the number of cows we have. Aotearoa needs to urgently implement policies that will shift our economy towards sustainable plant-based agriculture, and SAFE's calling on them to make it happen. You can help by calling on the government to create a clear plan of action that will support farmers out 
of industrial dairy farming. To learn more about how you can help, head to safe.org.nz. Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, Aotearoa's leading animal rights organisation and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wa. 